Hello and welcome to Unbossed. I am your host, Nina Turner. And in the co-host chair today is Dan Evans, a TYT contributor. Dan, we are so glad to have you here with us per usual. How are you today? Doing well, I'm excited to rip into some corrupt politicians who are taking money from the working class. Oh yeah, (laughs) unfortunately that seems to be the pattern. We can't escape it, unfortunately, but we're gonna keep on pushing in this country. And Dan and I are gonna cover the COVID-19 emergency declaration is ending in May. That is right around the corner. Ron DeSantis is going to expand the don't say gay bill. And later in the show, a new neoliberal enters the ring. Yeah, brand new, not the usual one. So let's absolutely get at this. Watch this. My question to you is given the fact that you have made billions of dollars, that your company has made huge profits on behalf of the taxpayers of this country, will you reconsider your decision to quadruple the price of the vaccine? So Chairman Sanders, what we have to do is to deal with a complexity I described, and I'm happy to go into more detail for this hearing. This is not the same product. This is not the same I understand it, but quadrupling the price is huge, and I will hope, I would hope very much that you will reconsider that decision. It's going to cost the taxpayers of this country billions of dollars. Now, you know, what the senator asked was very simple Will you consider? And once he couldn't say yes or no, I mean, be mad enough to say no if it's no, yes or no. Once he started talking multiple sentences, then you know what the answer is. So that was Senator Bernard Sanders, as many as you know, a grilling Moderna CEO, Stephanie Bainseal, on Moderna's proposal to quadruple the prices of its vaccine to up to as much as $130 per dose. That is one of the many potential consequences of the COVID emergency declaration ending in May. And guess what, America? The elected officials on the federal level, they understand what the consequences and repercussions can be by ending this emergency, but here we are. And thanks to the US Senate and this current administration, this headline right here, Senate votes to end COVID-19 emergency declaration. The declaration has allowed the administration to take actions in response to the pandemic, such as suspended student loan payment deadlines. But here is the reality, the public health emergency is ending, COVID isn't. And that's it right there, that is the key point. On May 10th, the United States will be under a public health emergency. On May 11th, it won't. What it means is that some of the core public health tools to contain the coronavirus, notably free vaccines, free treatment and free testing will go away. And I wanna stay right there on that point right there, team. Let's bring Dan in quick. And Dan, that that one note that we just read, that makes a whole lot of sense. So May 10th is a reality, on May 11th is not. And that doesn't make a whole lot of common sense. And my maternal grandmother used to always say common sense ain't common. 
Oh, you just feel that every single day. And yeah. not only in that, you see and you're gonna get to what a lot of this means. Like student loan payments were canceled, but also SNAP benefits were extended. And it's very stark when you saw over a weekend the federal government, the Federal Reserve matter gave like $300 billion to the banking sector within a weekend. Because there are a couple of CEOs from a medium sized bank in a couple of like in California and a couple other places who were crying. Meanwhile, you're going to have people starving in the richest country in the world, in a country that throws away like what 20% of our food every single year. Um, because it's very clear America has priorities and what we're what we're willing to solve. These these uh, crises, like you're talking about, don't just go away because of a policy change that goes in effect on 12:01 a.m. on a certain day. That's exactly, and they know this though. Then so now I got to come to the conclusion that they just don't care. Or I could say they just don't give a damn. I mean, that, that's more to the point. I mean, it's in their I, actions. Yeah, in their actions, absolutely. And especially when we're dealing with people who absolutely have the power. And in this case, the Congress and this president, they have many tools at their disposal, especially the president with executive orders and such. And the ability to be able to call on anybody in the world that he needs to, anybody. To make this crooked path straight, but here we are. Now, Kadir Mate, the president and CEO of the Institute for Health Improvement, warned of the premature rush to end the emergency, to end the emergency declaration, despite less of a threat from COVID. Mate and others stress that less threat doesn't mean no threat. About 500 people are still dying each day, even in quote, good times before the uptick in cases after the holidays, roughly 300 were dying on typical days. It's been that way for months. People who are elderly, un or under vaccinated or immune compromised are the most vulnerable. And really happy that the president may really spoke up on this. And we know, you know, and I've talked about this before America that we have not mourned the deaths of over a million people. And that is coming from a bishop who talked about that in one of his sermons. And that is so very true. The fact that we can have millions and millions of our family and friends, sisters and brothers just die from COVID. And we not even pause just for a moment to recognize that death, the tragedy says a lot about this country. And at the rate we are going, the death toll this year is likely to be well over 100,000, possibly closer to 200,000. And even though, even though you hear all the time that COVID is just like the flu, that's considerably higher than the amount of lives lost to the flu in a typical year. Flu deaths vary a lot from year to year, but only twice in the last century has it exceeded 100,000. Y'all need to go ahead and bold and underline an exclamation point. We need to understand this. Further, it is truly irresponsible and immoral, and this is going in the sin and the shame category, for elected leaders to just arbitrarily end the emergency. Just end it, knowing that the impact of the COVID-19 virus is still rippling through this country and in communities that were already suffering previous to this, the suffering got deep. And instead of them not letting this crisis go to waste, 
Like never let a good crisis go to waste and do everything that you can to uplift the American people. They are going in the opposite direction. Now China rushed to exit from its COVID policy during the winter and results were disastrous. This headline right here, ignoring experts, China's sudden zero COVID exit cost lives. Many older people weren't vaccinated, pharmacies lacked antivirals and hospitals didn't have adequate supplies or staff, leading to as many as hundreds of thousands of deaths that could have been avoided. According to academic modeling, more than 20 interviews with current and former Chinese Center for Disease Control and Prevention employees, experts and government advisors and internal reports and directives obtained by the Associated Press. So again, Dan, we have a lot of people with fancy titles being very, very irresponsible. And not only that, because I know we have a lot more to get to, but we don't even know slash this government is not even interested in trying to figure out the ramifications of long COVID. We're still trying to figure that out. We know that even just one exposure to this can make you susceptible to long COVID. Repeated exposures make that even more worse. And when we don't know the symptoms, we don't know how to treat it. And just like many other cases in the American medical system, when you try to get treatment for it, oftentimes the doctors just aren't trying hard enough to help their patients. This is an issue that is very much still an emergency. And just arbitrarily saying that on 1201 and someday in May, it's no longer an emergency is extremely short sighted and it's putting people's lives extremely in danger. That's right, and it doesn't make it not an emergency just because they said so. And you wanna talk about following the science. And sure, we should definitely critique people, especially elected leaders, talking particularly about the GOP, for example, that don't wanna believe that climate chaos is real. They don't wanna follow the science. We have the same case here where you have elected leaders uh, particularly Democrats from the 117th uh, Congress in particular, not wanting to follow the science on this. And it just really boggles the mind entirely. And you know, Big Pharma America gets the opportunity to rake in so much money. They are making profits off of other people's pain. Let me break this down for you. Let me dress this up for you. It's one thing to make a profit, don't begrudge anybody that. But it's the way that you make the profit. And if you making a profit cause death and destruction and despair, you ought to find another way to make a profit. And do you gotta make a profit that's a thousand times higher? Do you really have to do it that way? Especially when you are in an industry that depends on the American tax dollars to do most of the research and in some cases all of the research before you can bring those drugs to market. This is something we should wrap our minds around. So here in the, in the states, the exploitation of those who are uninsured or underinsured by companies such as Moderna or Pfizer, who will seek to increase the prices of their vaccine, knowing good and well what the circumstances are. And that's what Senator Bernard Sanders was getting at in his questioning of that CEO. So those who are uninsured, which is approximately 8% of the US population have few options for COVID-19 care, said Jody Guest, professor and vice chair of the Department of Epidemiology at Emory University's Rowland School of Public Health. With the emergency declaration ending, there may be economic barriers to getting vaccinated. While private insurance companies may be inclined to cover vaccines similar to annual influenza shots, nothing is guaranteed. Those without insurance, insurance coverage may have to pay the entire cost. Again, this should not be happening 
in the United States of America. Quite frankly, it shouldn't be happening anywhere in the world. But let me put a finer point on the richest nation in, on earth. It is beyond cruel, really, to expect the people who funded your vaccines to pay up to $130 for one dose when you've been glad to sell it to the federal government for just $26 a dose. What makes this different? This is hypocrisy, this is greed, this is unpatriotic. I wish I could say it's un-American, but it's unpatriotic. Let's go ahead and just take that word back. What these companies are doing is unpatriotic. And let us remind you that Moderna and Pfizer have made billions off of the COVID vaccines already. JPM 23, Moderna reaped 18.4 billion in COVID vaccine sales last year. Projects projects at least 5 billion in 2023, but I guess that's just not enough money for these people. To put this in perspective, the administration and the Senate were quicker to end these emergencies than they were to take the time to pause and reflect on the fact that over a million Americans have died from COVID. We said that already. This headline right here, the COVID pandemic drives Pfizer's 2022 revenue to a record 100 billion dollars. Now y'all know what, this is time for me to throw my papers, but I ain't got enough yet to throw. But that's the kind of moment we are in. I wanna throw my fire extinguisher, but I don't wanna mess up my studio. That's the kind of moment that we are in. Where is the righteous indignation, America? Over this type of greed and this kind of gluttony and this kind of immorality, because this folks is truly immorality. We have a national mourning that we must get to. Dan, I sigh deeply. Yeah, I really wish, you know, in a civilized country we'd have a special like holiday or maybe a week even where we'd be able to actually mourn all the loss and take it seriously from COVID-19 pandemic. But when it gets to why we kind of take it as normal that of course it's American, of course it's very understandable that these multinational companies and these pharmaceutical corporations that got money from governments everywhere to subsidize the research and development because of this emergency situation. They're then turning around and going, okay, time for us to profit now. I really encourage people to check out um, economics professor from University College London, Mariana Mazzucato. She wrote a great book called The Entrepreneurial State, again, The Entrepreneurial State that really reframes frames this whole idea about how, why is it that governments um, take all the losses from corporations getting a lot of research and development money and tax subsidies from these governments. But when it's time for all these corporations to make these record profits and billions of dollars in gains, all these corporations do is avoid taxes. There's no structures in place so that these governments get any return on their investment just like a venture capitalist expects and demands to. So we need an entire we need an entire reframing of the system. Is yeah, that's a great that's a great analogy, Dan. Absolutely, when we make that kind of investment, yeah, think of us as the venture capitalists. Where's our return on that investment? Amen to that, Dan. We're gonna keep pressing on this, and I hope that you will too. We just cannot continue to let these corporations and these feckless politicians get away with not really standing up for we the people. Oh, we're on our way back to Florida. As much as I love to visit the sunshine state, it, 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 it depresses me and angers me greatly that this dude right here is the governor. Florida, you, you have done it to us. De Sanctimonious is at it again. This time, the governor is seeking to extend the don't say gay law to all grades through the final year of high school. White House Press Secretary Jean Pierre 
condemned the proposal. Listen here. Reaction in Florida, Governor DeSantis expanding the rules that forbid classroom instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity. Yeah, uh, it's wrong. It's completely, utterly uh, wrong, and uh, and we've been very crystal clear about that when it comes to the "Don't Say Gay" bill uh, and other other actions that the, this governor has taken in the state of Florida. But make no mistake, this is a part of a disturbing and dangerous uh, uh, trend that we're seeing across the country of legislations that are anti-LGBTQI+, anti-trans, uh, anti uh, the community in a way that we have not seen it in some time. I'm going gas up the jet though. Do the dance with the sanctimonious in his own state. Because ladies and gentlemen, family and friends, this is not just about our gay sisters and brothers and family and friends. They are lying. There are not teachers standing up in the classroom talking about sexual orientation. They're not standing up there talking about heterosexuality or gay. They are making this stuff up to drive a wedge between people and in some cases causing folks, putting folks in dangerous situations, especially our trans sisters and brothers and family and friends. This is what these mofos are doing. And really sometimes I question what century we are actually in. These teachers are trying to teach math and reading and science, the arts. And now they got to get boggled down with this foolishness because guess what? This governor, Governor DeSanctimonious, he can't run his state. See, he ain't got nothing else to do but play games. America, we cannot, absolutely cannot let this man, it's bad enough he governor, cannot let this man become president of the United States of America. Because if he does, that is definitely shame on this country. The man is dangerous, America. And Florida, y'all done did it to us. The whole damn country. So as a reminder, let's go ahead and talk about this bill here. The law's central language reads, classroom instruction instruction by school personnel, third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grades three or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. Parents are able to sue districts over any violations. However, now the proposal, which would not require legislative approval, is scheduled for a vote next month before the State Board of Education has been put forward by the State Education Department, both of which are led by appointees of this governor. This governor has absolute power, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. He's just a dictator over in Florida. Florida, y'all got a dictator. It's a dictatorship going on in Florida. America, do you understand what I'm saying? That is what is happening in Florida. Let's not delude ourselves. The rule change would ban lessons on sexual orientation and gender identity from grades four to 12, unless required by existing state standards or as a part of reproductive health instruction that students can choose to, to choose not to take. Now last year's Parental Rights in Education Act drew widespread backlash nationally and rightfully so. Critics said it marginalizes the LGBTQ plus people and their presence in society. So Dan, let's, you know, we're gonna have a conversation about this. I mean, really, they just making stuff up as they go along. I've been in many, many classrooms. And I when I was on the Cleveland City Council, I was in classrooms on a regular basis because I, you know, I had more time when I was a city councilwoman. 
And teachers are not, even in health classes, they are not trying to dictate to students what their gender identity is or anything else. They just teach in you know, a health class, for example. But these people really are going too far and they're painting, they're painting one community as the other and trying to get their base so amped up that it continues to divide us in the United States of America. It is not only disturbing, but the people of this great nation should reject this. Yeah, I, I really appreciate the framing you have there because there's two points on how people don't even know what we're talking about even anymore. And we're talking about all of these like critical race theory and like uh, don't say gay in our schools because it's being talked about in the wrong way. And then there's just the way Ron DeSantis is running his state, which I'll hopefully get to in the end. But yeah, you can't even talk to these people. It's like how Brown and Joy Gray have agreements and disagreements with her. But it's like how she just asked that one woman like, okay, what is define woke? Just please tell me what this is. Because all it is, it's become a catch all term for the right wing to A, if you sit in front of a camera all day and you speak Republican politics, it's the best way to make money. It's like cancel culture for comedians, just say it a bunch of times and people will clap and you'll make $50 like a minute, it's insane. But it's also a way for a lot of conservative viewers to ascribe their feelings about, oh, I don't want kids to think of America in the wrong way, which is usually code for, I don't want kids to learn that, oh, America's been systemically racist and maybe it's worth changing this generation because all the generations beforehand have ceased to have done so yet. So it's very deliberate what they're doing here. It makes it so you can't even talk about the conversation. And so it's gonna take a big effort to like, move past or supersede this new like sort of woke rhetoric, this old woke rhetoric now in order to do better about it. But on the sanctimonious really quickly, he touts that so many people have moved to the state of Florida. That has such a big tax base. There's so many different people who are now in Florida now who moved from rich enclaves of Manhattan and New York and Connecticut and the Hamptons. What are you doing with that money in your state? Like you're banning things, you're cutting all schools. This stuff doesn't really cost money. Like what more services are being added to your state? And why aren't you know the poorest, the more working class Floridians actually seeing that? Because in, in California even, I have my qualms with Gavin Newsom. But during the pandemic and afterwards, we got a California stimulus too. So like that was on top of what we were already getting from the federal government. So love Gavin Newsom, hate Gavin Newsom. Um, in the middle on any given day, there's an example of what you can do when you have a budget surplus and you need to help people and you want to help people. I don't see Ron DeSantis doing anything like that. It's not his ilk to do that, but he's wasting his time more or less. He, this is just the way he works. Yeah, I mean, not only is he wasting time, that he's wasting taxpayers' dollars. I mean, we remember old enough to remember he put the migrants on planes. He used taxpayers' dollars to do that to drop them off in Martha Martha's Vineyard. I mean, he really is truly. No matter how the residents feel about the "Don't Say Gay" bill, even if we put that in the parking lot just for a minute, the man is wasting money and he's wasting time. He's wasting power by continually picking on a group of people for absolutely no reason. And he is stoking hatred. See, this is what this comes down to because nobody is teaching age inappropriate health lessons to kids. And he's scaring parents and making them think that all of a sudden the schools have changed. They have not changed like that. Teachers are absolutely not doing what this man is pretending like they're doing. And he can keep playing these games so he don't have to do the real work. And it's really quite shameful, America, Florida, God 
doggy. Really, Florida, y'all done, y'all done messed this up. And after a year's worth of gaslighting and assurances that the don't say, don't say LGBTQ law was narrowly focused, the DeSantis administration is trying is saying the quiet part out loud. They believe that it is never appropriate to acknowledge the existence of LGBTQ people or our contributions to society in schools. That's coming from Brandon Wolf, press secretary for Equality Florida. And really, that's really what this is coming down to. And here's a map from 2022 of the LGBTQ education in the United States of America. And Florida has a parental opt out law passed prior to the recent prohibition of inclusion. Don't say, don't say gay. And I mean, just it's just ridiculous on its face. You know, it really is America. Ridiculous on its face. And the kicker of all this, Joseph Harding, the former Florida lawmaker who sponsored the controversial law. Well, he is in some hot legal trouble. Don't say gay lawmaker pleads guilty to COVID relief fraud. How about that? Harding made false statements to the Small Business Administration while applying for an economic injury disaster loan for one of his dormant business entities. After obtaining $150,000 in COVID-19 relief funds, Harding conducted three monetary transactions, each involving more than $10,000 in fraudulently obtained funds. Oops. There you go. That is what is happening. And I just, you know, we really got to do something, y'all. Florida, please get your governor. He's wreaking havoc on your state, and he's trying to come to a state near near you, America, because he wants to be president. Don't be fooled by this charlatan. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the show. Now you know you need to become a member of TYT. Why don't you just do that? You're watching it right now. If you are not a member, become a member. We thank you so much for subscribing, but become a member to continue to help TYT get the message out. We need it. Independent media, as you know, is very much needed. We answer to our members here at TYT, and because of membership, we are able to be free brokers. And don't forget, after the show, the watch list with JR Jackson. Tune in. Don't you don't have to change the channel. Just stay right here and support. J.R. Jackson. And as always, you know that you can get unbossed wherever you get your podcast. So now to my favorite, absolute favorite part of the show, we got Vicky. Hello, Vicky, darling. Love it when Dan joins in. <laughs> hey, Nina, rip into him. Uh, we love it when Dan is here as well. Thank, thank you, Vicky. Great to be on. Yeah, thank you, Vicky, for that. And Nostra Science ending COVID emergency protections to unleash high medical prevention and treatment cost. This harms the poor people here being forced to work multiple jobs in closed quarters at work and low paying jobs with lousy insurance if they have any. You are so right about that Nostra Science. And on Twitch, Adam, Nina and her messages with her style. She hits me in the heart heavy. I'm a giant fan. Oh, Adam, thank you so very much. I try my hardest. I believe that in order for us to move people, we got to touch you in your heart before it gets to your head. So I am so glad to hear that, Adam. I appreciate you, darling. Queen Inky, Florida ruined it back in 2000. <laughs> yes, they did. Reminder, imagine how great we could be if Bush Jr. was never elected. <laughs> 
Oh, you got a point, and I call him Bush Jr. too, because that's what he is. Bush Jr. Jr. That's what he is, absolutely. And on w. YouTube, what do you say? Dan? We also love W. And W, yeah, W, I do, yeah, W. That's the W, not even the U, W. W, W, <laughs> yes, you're right about that. And on YouTube, Super Chat, Monica, love you guys. Thank you for doing what you do every day. It gives us the hope and strength we need to keep going. Thank you for that, Monica. We aim to do that. We do need strength and hope. And although I know it is very daunting, it feels like that in so many ways, you know that we want you to keep on keeping on. So thank you all so very much. So we're still in Florida, we're not done with Florida. And this this governor, this DeSantis fella, you know, he's leaned heavily into the cultural divide because he believes that this is the way he's going to win elections. So whether it's being elected governor in Florida or whether it is his run for president of the United States of America. His announcement could come as early as May. He's not fooling anybody. Let's check out this headline. I ain't run for president. Ron DeSantis wants to make America Florida. And we just can't have that. We just cannot have that. Now take this poll with a grain of salt. This morning consult has Ron DeSantis dipping in the polls. Now I'm gonna tell you something as a practicing politician, as a public servant, I will let you know that polls are only snapshots in time. And that's why we're saying to you on this day, take it with a grain of salt because it could be something else tomorrow, two days from now, or two weeks from now. But tracking Republicans 2024 primary support over time, share of potential GOP primary voters who would support the following if the 2024 Republican primary were held today. And Donald J. Trump is running away with it, folks. And it should be no surprise there. And little DeSanctimonious, he way behind Donald J. Trump. So they got Trump, DeSantis, Abbott, Pence at a 7%, Nikki Haley at 4%, that one right there. Christy Noom, whoever the hell that is, at 1%, Mike Pompeo, Liz Cheney. And y'all, I wouldn't be surprised, Dan, if them latte liberals boost up Cheney. But that's a story for another time. Glenn uh, Youngkin, Tim Scott is at 1%. That's Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina. Somebody named Rams Warmby at 1%. And then somebody else. It's somebody else. That's 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 the label. Somebody else is even at 1%. So there we go. Donald J. Trump is at 54%. And the sanctimonious is at 26%. He could, in fact, run away with this. Yeah, I... I like to, on my stream power report, tell the story of Tim Pawlenty, who I remember back in the day was the favorite for the 2012 Republican nomination. And like everyone goes, who, what, huh? Who is this person? I went and saw a picture from him. He's apparently like a lobbyist somewhere, which is like the most predictable thing ever. Like it, it, there's almost a shadow primary for who is going to be the most forgotten person who everyone thought was going to win for president, but ultimately didn't get it. I think we could still be surprised right now. I think Donald Trump is still the favorite, um, whether or not maybe even even more if he is hauled away in handcuffs. Oh, but yeah. I think when you're getting at his Chain, I'm sorry, chain, you're getting mixed with all these ghouls. I was even when you're saying, oh wow, someone's probably gonna vote for Liz Cheney, like some of these. I can see someone with a like Hillary Clinton and a Liz Cheney 2024 bumper sticker. Like yes. I can see both of those in the same car. It's it's already in my head. But ultimately, DeSantis running on all these culture war issues, I think is a problem because all you're doing at the end of the day is 
not showing how you can run a state or run a country beyond antagonizing people, beyond making more than 50% of the country hate you and hate what you're doing, more than being hated on the world stage. I also don't think he's that adept as a politician. He's gonna need to be able to attack Trump a little bit better if he wants any political you know, hopes in this primary and it's ultimately not looking well for him. Yeah, no, it's not. And again, it's a snapshot in time, folks. It could absolutely change, but Donald J. Trump is at is the leader of the pack. And I do agree with you, Dan. He ain't ready for Donald J. Trump because he's not a street fire. Trump is going to, you know, and Trump already got a chip on his shoulder because he helped him become governor. <laughs> you know what I mean? And now he feels betrayed. So this is gonna be quite interesting, folks. We're gonna stay tuned, but absolutely, America, this is no exaggeration. We here on Unboss, we just tell it like it is. Go do your research about Ron DeSantis. This is dangerous territory that this man is treading on, really. And all he's gonna do is continue to divide people in a country that is so divided right now. And we don't need this right now at all. There's something wrong with the dude, he can't even govern. We gonna stay in Florida, unfortunately. I wish I was on a sandy beach, but here I am talking about the misdeeds of desanctimonious. Diversity and inclusion are not welcome in Florida. Watch this. Greetings, I'm here on behalf of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. People of color weren't always able to associate with programs with other ethnicities. Therefore, we find a way to impact ourselves, families, and many communities through these Greek level organizations. The National Panhelic Council was created for people that look like me, that have established unique core values, but all want to educate and uplift the community's minority, specifically from racial inequities. If you decide to pass this bill, not only will it affect HBCUs and other state universities in a negative way in the programs that are implemented, but present and future generations to come. Please do not create a bill that affects over 100 years of progression for minorities just because of personal bias. Thank you. And that was Robert Tucker. Robert Tucker II giving his testimony before a committee. And the bill HB 999 was passed by the House on Monday in a 12 to 5 party line vote. And the Florida State Senate must now pass its version of the bill, Senate Bill 266 before it is able to head to Florida Governor Ron DeSanctimonious' desk. Many members of black sororities and fraternities are very much concerned about the impact that House Bill 999 will have on their existence, the existence of their organizations. The bill endangers several groups of folks. Opponents of the bill worry that its language is too vague and could be used to ban activities promoted by multicultural student unions, black fraternities and sororities, and courses in Jewish history, women's studies and LGBTQ plus studies. And I wanna highlight exactly what Robert Tucker II said in that video, if you decide to pass this bill, which they did, but if you decide to pass this bill, not only will it affect HBCUs or other state universities in a negative way, in the programs that are implemented, but present and and future generations to come. Please do not create a bill that affects over 100 years of progression for minorities just because of personal bias. And I like how he laid out the personal bias. He called them out right there, he was smooth with calling them folks out. And here are the details of the bill. The bill bans state schools from using diversity, equity and inclusion statements, critical race theory rhetoric or other forms of political identity filters as part of the hiring process, including as 
part of applications for employment, promotion, and tenure, conditions of employment, or reviewing qualifications of employment. Let's just go and say they don't want no diversity. I mean, this man is really taking us back in time, America. And we shouldn't go back because that was not a good time for most of us. All right, for some people, it was mighty fine, but for most of us, it was not. And while the bill does not explicitly ban groups, lawmakers alike have voiced concerns over how the language could be used to target certain programs. The American Historical Association put out this statement. We express horror at the assumptions that lie at the heart of this bill and its blatant and frontal attack on principles of academic freedom and shared governance. This is not only about Florida, it is about the heart and soul of public education in the United States. And again, that was the American Historical Society and they are absolutely right about that. The concern being raised by students and other black community leaders did not matter to the committee members. You know, they voted to pass the bill anyway. And state rep Angie Nixon summed it up in a tweet thread, providing students of all backgrounds the programs that serve their needs that they themselves have created in many cases should be prioritized, not politicized. At a time when Florida's education system, especially higher education, has been made so politically charged and polarized by certain folks, it's our students and faculty that must must live with the consequences. Let's stop going down this dangerous road of censorship and limiting free speech in our public institutions of higher learning and get back to solving problems that Floridians ask for. Dan. Yeah, I look at the story and I heed the warnings that these non-Republican state lawmakers are trying to say. Because this is the entire cycle of when you have state or country capture, whether it's the executive branch, the judicial branch, and the legislative branch. Because the legislative branch makes a law, they make it just vague enough so that uh, someone in the legal sector, which is often captured by conservatives who are appointed by conservative executive branches, they put it up against the court. Again, again, the court uh, um, appointed by a bunch of these conservatives, a bunch of these Republicans, who will listen to these, quite frankly, lazy legal arguments from Republicans to like knock out these bills and knock out these programs. What this legislator is doing is teeing up the process so that if someone like Rhonda Sanctimonious or someone even worse, God forbid, wants to go for these programs, as they've clearly shown that Florida state legislative will do, there is the backing in all three branches of the state government to do it. It's terrible, we need to absolutely watch out for it. And I'm glad people are calling attention to it. Yeah, I'm glad too. I mean, dang, Florida, really? And other states are gonna are mimicking this very thing. This is like the wrong use of power. So we will continue to keep you up to date on this. You know we will. Senator Mark Warren of Virginia's hypocrisy knows no bounds, and it has me asking WTF, neoliberal. We will now kneel. Miss Cinema, Miss Cinema, no. You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. And I'm. <clears throat> of the belief that uh, echoing what Senator Bennett said, that traditional prudential regulation should have caught this. Where was the bank management? Where was the regulators, both state and federal in the case of SVB? Oh, That was an excellent question, Mark. That was Mark asking Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen 
about Silicon Valley Bank's collapse at a recent Senate Finance Committee hearing. Oh Lord, you got to love these politicians. Where were the regulators? Let's take a step back to provide some context here. Silicon Valley Bank collapse puts new spotlight on a 2018 bank deregulation law. The bill led by Senator Mike Capro, a Republican of Idaho, sought to reclassify the too big to fail standard, which came with enhanced regulatory scrutiny by raising the threshold from 50 billion in assets to 250 billion. Medium sized banks were exempted from those regulations. The 2018 battle featured intense lobbying by banks, including Silicon Valley Bank and an array of smaller community banks that were seeking regulatory relief. Days later, 17 Democrats yep, joined a unanimous Senate Republican conference to pass it. It cleared the House 258 to 159, winning 225 Republicans and 33 good old Democrats. Trump signed it into law. One of those Democrats were, was, you guessed it, Senator Mark Warner of Virginia. He defended the legislation on Sunday when asked if he regrets supporting it. Boom, boom, and boom. There it is. What Marky Mark, Mark, the, the regulatory bunch had to say. This is what he had to say. I do think these mid sized banks need some regulatory relief. The law put in place an approximate level of regulation on mid sized banks. Of course, he said that. All you have to do is follow the money. Whenever America, you are in doubt, when a politician is heading on issues that would quite frankly change the material conditions of you and all that you love, all you got to do, baby, mark my word, is follow. Don't follow the yellow brick road, follow the green paved road with dead presidents on the face. That's all you got to follow and then you know what these people believe in. See, that money is their religion. So Mr. Warren's campaign, Warner's campaign has received approximately $27,000 from the failed bank, including 21,600 in donations from the Silicon Valley Bank Political Action Committee and $5,600 in donations from Silicon Valley's bank's former CEO, Greg Becker, the one that got that $11 million. Mr. Warren said on Monday that those contributions go back to around 2014. No, we get that Marky Mark. You know why we get it? Because see, they plant the seeds. These owner donors, they plant the seed because maybe they want to have you for life. So we get that that goes back to 2024. And it is exactly what you just highlighting what the, what the problem is. And when asked about the campaign contributions, this is what the Senator had to say, has never been influenced by campaign contributions on any issue. If there was malfeasance, of course I would turn it. I'll give it to charity, but let's get our facts first. Senator Mark Warner, baby, we already got the facts. What more facts you need, love? We got the facts, give the money back. But he controlled by the owner donors. So here's the reality, folks. Democrats and the GOP are cut from the same cloth. The Democrats just happen to dye their cloth blue. Okay, don't be fooled by a cut. From the same cloth, we got red cloth and we got blue cloth, but it's the same. Mark Warner must think we're stupid. He really must, but we aren't falling for the foolishness and the mayhem and we daggone sure not falling for the banana in the tailpipe. He better be the first to line up and support the recent legislation proposed by Senator Elizabeth Warren and Representative Katie 
Porter, let's put up this headline team. Democrats led by Warren and Porter unveiled bill to repeal Trump era bank law. The legislation first reported by NBC News would undo the core of 2018 deregulation law by restoring enhanced security of banks with assets of 50 billion to 250 billion. Oh yeah, Senator Warner, we want to see you be number one on the list. Dan. I cannot, I'm, I can't believe that Senator Warner actually believes that we are this stupid. It's even if you don't pay attention to blog politics, you watch just one of those cop shows, those law and order shows. This is a case of the police chief who's been paid off earlier in the episodes by the gangster going, "Oh wow, I can't believe anyone caught that. I can't believe that anyone could this could have possibly happened. Like this is just happening to us here. This is <laughs> how could this have possibly happened? I can't believe he's actually doing that. And worst of all." For $27,000, they're able to ruin people's money. If you had a deposit over $250,000 in that bank, Senator Mark Warner sold you out for a fraction of that. Just think about that. I mean, like, you shouldn't, we shouldn't have this system where you can buy politicians. But wow, if these politicians can be bought, you'd think it'd be like for a little bit more than that. I, I think. That annoys me here because we've seen so many of these stories. But ultimately, Mark Warner, the least he can do is support the Warren Porter proposal. The most he can do is actually stop lying to people and say, "Oh yeah, we we messed up there, and we need to change this so it doesn't happen again." Yeah, that part. That's why I said then he better be first. He need to be. Look, he need to sign on it several times if that's allowed. You know. He needs to be number one, number two, and number three, saying, you know, I need to make up for for my for my deeds in the past. I, I want to make sure that American people understand where I stand. I'm actually signed on to this bill several times so that you know how serious I am. And your point about how cheap a date this dude is, you know, for this particular. Now we know cumulatively they they get money from all kinds of people, so actually they they quite expensive if you add up all the other industries that they're getting money from. But this particular issue right here. And that it is just another example as we talk to people all the time about what we what we mean when we say that Congress is for sale, Congress members are for sale. Certainly not all of them, but so many of them, like it's the overwhelming majority of them. And that is why we need campaign finance reform in the United States of America. We need it quick and that's why we can't new politicians. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, let's go to some comments real quick. Twitch, Zomified, hello somebody, Nina is unbossed and unbought for real. You know that's right, for real, zombie, zombified. And I love that name. And Daniela, Nina Turner for president. I can only dream of the verbal reactions you would have to some of those corrupt politicians. You know it, I would have all kinds of grandma-isms throwing at these folks and making it plain and probably cussing here and there. Just just do it what it needs to be done. <laughs> these corrupt politicians, when they would come across your desk, LOL, I'm not signing that. <laughs> you know, look, hey, hey, Danielle, this is what I'll be doing. I'm not signing this. I'm not signing this. I'm not <laughs> signing this. That's what I would do, Danielle. And on YouTube, super chat, your Jorgen, hey Jorgen, baby. Nina, you're number one. You're number one. Sadly, I have no vote, but I support you from Sweden. Thank you, darling. I appreciate you so much, and I appreciate each and every one of you. You know, them fools would know I'm not playing. Baby, the jet would be gassed up often. Every <laughs> jet, every Air Force one, two, three, four, five, and six 
would be gassed up on a regular basis. But I would be coming to a state near you when you monking over the American people and all that they love, when you're not standing up to change their material conditions, when you don't care that a big mama and big papa's kids have a future. Oh no, we gassing up all the jets we got on a regular basis, baby. I am coming to a state near you and would not be afraid to put these folks on blast and let the American people know whose side they really on. Oh yeah, that's what President Turner would do. But here we go, the feds raise the rates again. What in the hell is the Federal Reserve doing? Here it is. My colleagues and I are acutely aware that high inflation imposes significant hardship as it erodes purchasing power especially for those least able to meet the higher costs of essentials, like food, housing, and transportation. At today's meeting, the committee raised the target range for the federal funds rate by a quarter percentage point, bringing the target range to four and three quarters to 5%. The Federal Reserve raised the target range for its big benchmark interest rates by 0.25% on Wednesday as it battles stubborn inflation and a banking crisis, which has pushed the central bank into taking its most significant emergency actions since the onset of the pandemic. The rate hike brings the Fed's policy rate, the federal funds rate to a new range of 4.75% to 5%, the highest since October of 2007. In its statement, the Fed said inflation remains elevated and that the central bank remains highly attentive to inflation risk. While banking issues could cause credit conditions to tighten and weigh on economic growth. The US banking system is sound and resilient. Recent developments are likely to result in tighter credit conditions for households and businesses and to weigh on economic activity, hiring and inflation. The extent of these effects is uncertain. Now they know, they know what this can do. They absolutely know, they not uncertain, they real certain. They just not saying the quiet part out loud. And what the feds is doing is hurting everyday people. The constant rate hikes do not address the real reason for which, for why inflation is this high. It's out of control and the real reason must be dealt with by this Congress and this president. It is corporate greed. That's what's, that, that's what is keeping inflation high. Predominantly, it is corporate greed. And Dr. Robert Reich, once again, he hits the nail on the head. Let's put up what Dr. Robert Reich had to say in a tweet. Once again, interest rates, rate hikes are going to fall hardest on low wage workers and the poor. The same people who have already been hurt the most by rising prices. Higher rates could also imperil more banks and risk even more financial chaos. The Fed is playing with Fire. Yes, they are. And you know who's gonna get burned? We are. And Dr. Reich goes on to lay out what the two objectives to deal with this financial conundrum are. The two objectives, fighting inflation by rising rate, raising rates and avoiding a bank run are in direct conflict. In other words, one of these two things don't go together. As the old song goes, something's got to give. What will it be? The sensible thing would be for the Fed to pause rate hikes long enough to let the financial system calm down, geniuses. Besides, inflation is receding, albeit slowly. So there's no reason to risk more financial turmoil. I mean, that's it. Will they listen? God only knows, America. In the meantime, these policies are hurting every day. Americans, Dan, your thoughts. 
the easiest way I can describe it in limited time without all the economic jargon is like the Fed is bringing a hammer to surgery. And it's a hammer from decades ago. It's like they only have one tool, pound in nails and nudge nails out. And what Robert Reich is saying, we need to go even beyond what he's saying. We need to think of the Fed as and the American monetary system as a broader process for, sorry conservatives, controlling prices. Because when General Mills can say just today that our profits went up directly because of price hikes, that ain't inflation. Sure, there's costs that are slowly rising here and there, but that has nothing to do with prices of regular goods, like individual like packs of yogurt going up by 50% of their regular price just from a couple months ago, let alone eggs and everything else that's going on. Some of that's price, like you know, supply and demand. A lot of that is just corporate greed. We need to call that out. We need to address that. And guess what? Maybe we won't have so many inflationary pressures if the American people aren't spending so much and going into credit card debt to pay these things off. And then that is it, you know, and, and again, and where's the patriotism towards this moment in time we are in history? Making profit is one thing, but greed and gluttony is another. And that is really what we're facing. I mean, these businesses are raising their prices well beyond what it the cost of doing business. I mean, that's really what this comes well beyond not only the cost of doing business, but also to make a profit. Again, it's all right to make a profit, but when your profit causes suffering to other people, to people, places, and things. They're charging money in a bread line. Like, like think about that. There it is, Dan. Charging money in a bread line. You better say that. Dan has said it. Now, in the black church, when the preacher has preached a sermon, baby, all we do is say amen, amen, and amen. It was such a pleasure to have Mr. Dan Evans on our show today. We cannot wait to have him back. And for each and every one of you who tune in on a regular basis, you know I'm sending you all kinds of love. Go ahead and tell it on the mountain, baby. Shout it on the mountaintop. Let your friends and your frenemies know that one of the best hours of their day can be right here with us on Unbossed. Now, you know what I want you to do about this time. I always, beloved, want you to keep the faith. And with that faith, I want you to keep the fight. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Unbossed. If you like the show, then you'll enjoy our other podcasts on TYT Network, like The Damage Report with John Idarola, Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ritchie, and The Young Turks. Make sure to listen and follow, and if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating.